Howdy, hobos. All you radiant beings. All you astral vagabonds traveling through the multiverse on your way to your next adventure. I'm so happy that you decided to take a break from your travels and join us here today. My name is Mark. I'll be your camp host. Welcome to Hobo Safe Camp. I was so excited to talk with today's guest. We are joined around the virtual campfire by Maggie Barr. I've been following Maggie on Instagram for a few years now, maybe even longer than a few years. Um, you can follow her too on Instagram. She is at Maggie Kazooie. And it's strange how social media can bring people together in ways where you feel like family. Through Maggie's Instagram posts and most recently through her stories, I've witnessed her children being born. I can almost taste the amazing food she creates. I've seen her struggles and her blessings and I've felt the love and bond her family has for each other. It's pretty wild the way it happens, don't you think? But before we get started, I just want to take a few minutes. I want to talk to you a little bit about Open Lines Radio. We here at Open Lines Radio are doing our very best to make sure that you never have to listen to ads about mattresses or razor blades or little blue pills. We go out of our way to make sure that you never have to enter a promo code and buy something from someone else just to support our network. Um, and I never want to. So you can help make sure that this never happens too. Just go to www.openlinesradio.com, click either the uh, donate through PayPal or donate through Venmo buttons and donate. Your donation goes towards paying for all the servers that contain all of the Open Lines programming, the time that goes into this, all the mechanisms that allow us to broadcast our netcasts on multiple platforms. I'd also uh, like to talk to you a little bit about using Open Lines Radio to share your voice. Like, use us, we're here for you. If you have an idea for your own netcast, I would love to give you the platform. Just go to Open Lines Radio on Instagram, at Open Lines Radio, and give us a follow. Then send a direct message. I'll help you make it happen. Because that's what we're all about here at Open Lines Radio. Broadcasting as many voices as possible. And you know, while you're there following Open Lines Radio on Instagram, be sure to also follow me, Mark, at tincan.telephone. Go follow Hobo Safe Camp at Hobo Safe Camp. Once you do that, you'll always be in the know when it comes to new episodes of the Virtual Campfire hitting the airwaves. You can also subscribe on whatever you're listening to this on, whatever podcast player you use, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, any of them. Whatever you use, subscribe. Once you subscribe, you'll automatically be notified of all the fun. All right, let's get to Maggie. She's going to talk to us about going against the grain of social programming to raise her children. The transition from being an American living in Germany to being an American living in America, the usefulness of plant medicine to our overall human health, and the importance of healthy and delicious eating, as well as a bunch of other stuff. So friends, fam, strangers, distant onlookers, I implore you to pick up the mystical tin can telephone that stretches across mountains and plains and oceans and deserts. It connects all of us through its cosmic vibration of unconditional love and acceptance. Are you listening? Can you feel it? Maggie, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. 
I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all alone. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. I this is gonna sound weird. And maybe mm-hmm. not too weird because I'm not alone because my but my wife Holly and I are completely um, fascinated by your family, <laughs> and it's like it's like a, a reality show that we watch um, every day. Oh my god, that's such a huge compliment and so cool. Um, that's not the first time I've heard that, so that's really uh, pushed me to keep just um, being real with my. Um, Social media, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just you're just doing your day-to-day things, but I don't know what's so captivating yeah. about it. Um, Maybe it's that, like, I don't really conform to the standard parenting ideas and stuff. I just have to take a deep breath. My, like, heart is beating. I'm so good <laughs> with, like, talking to people one-on-one and stuff, but I have this, like, fear of being on stage or being on a platform. I think that's probably why I keep my social media like private and just like allow people that are are actual people and not, you know, these um, promotion, like overly promotional things, um, you know, how people do that. And that's cool for them. But I just want to keep it to like the real people who kind of appreciate so I can show exactly are, I think, boring, but other people find interesting day-to-day stuff yeah i don't it's it's just like and and you know you there's also like um cooking lessons going on in in, in between your day-to-day stuff so it's like there's a lot that comes out i don't know if you realize it but a lot comes out of your instagram story a lot of good things cool i'm really happy because i have a lot of good things going on i'm really really blessed by the universe, um, just following intuition. And, uh, I just started this book, the surrender experiment experiment. Yeah. Experience now experience. Have you read it, Mark? I, I haven't. Um, I just started it and it's all about just following your intuition and your gut and letting life lead and kind of, um, just going with life's events and not fighting it. And that's kind of like what I've done so far. And I just feel very, very lucky. I'm, I realize that all the time. Um, yeah. So I try to share that path because, you know, uh, I've been through things that have, um, shaped me and, uh, I know some people can, can go through things and, and not have such a positive outcome. And I just want to show like, all of that is completely on you and um, like unconditional love and all those good things that you get from mushrooms and LSD and weed. And so I just want to, you know, share that and make that less taboo for people. That's a big one. Awesome. Awesome. Now, when I first started following you, you were in Germany. Mm-hmm. You were an American in Germany. Yes. And that was really cool. I think that's kind of what hooked me in was getting able to see that peak into just that you I think I think it started out you kind of started out a fish out of water but like by the end you were kind of owning Germany more than most native Germans (laughs) thank you I do feel that way too um my husband said something to me that really affected me and he said like that I'm so different when I'm spending time in New York where I'm from 
and that he thinks that I was toning myself down in Germany. Mm. And that was really like, whoa, I don't want to do that. Like, fuck that, you know? And like every, uh, you know, every person that I encountered there for the most part, like really appreciated who like, you know, who I am and the openness and stuff. So there's like Germany where I was in, in um, Bavaria. It's a very uh, Catholic um, dogma kind of run society and they're breaking out of that. But still compared to the rest of Germany, it's um, a little bit more closed minded uh, as far as like drugs, especially. And um, so I think like, you know, with the, with the current world we live in, people are really hungry for to just show themselves to just, you know, yeah. uh, be who they are and embrace that. And so that served me like really well in Germany when he said that to just like say, Oh no, like I am who I am, uh, for better, for worse. I don't understand all aspects of myself and my need to share certain things or not. Um, but I'm going to go with it. I'm not going to question too much what I'm doing. <laughs> Right, right. That's cool. How long were you there in Germany? I was in Germany for 10 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I would so, imagine that's a, a long enough time to, to uh, well, you know, when you first get there and you're, you're in this completely weird new place, I, I could imagine why your husband might think you were toning it down. But it might have just been like, you know, it's new and you're kind of taking things in and processing before True. you're able to turn it around. True. And I went there and like, I'm a completely different person, you know, 10 years is such a long time and yeah. we will be married 10 years in December. Like we got married after knowing each other nine months. So he's known me, you know, it could very well be that he's just seen a kind of natural progression over the years. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe I've always felt like a confident person, but um, I had to really kind of fight some battles when I became a mom. And I think that that's just given me a different level of like confidence in myself. And, uh, you know, if that's against the standard narrative, which it usually is, unfortunately, because <laughs> that's not always, e I, I wish sometimes it would just be like, okay, yeah, put him in daycare, put him in school, you know, um, but I couldn't do that like for myself. And um, we had the opportunity to to be on one income. And so but it was it's definitely it was a challenge to be so different in Germany. And I'm happy to be back in the States because there's more room for um, variety for differences in people. Right. Right. Now are you here. Are you back for good or are you planning on going back to Germany? No, we're here for good. We were planning to move in September um, because in Germany, uh, it's illegal to homeschool. Oh. So that was really like a ticking time thing for us to get our oldest son uh, out of there before he'd be required to go into the school system, which is at six. So and he's four. So we had some time. But then we found out that my mom um, is ill. And so we had to well, we didn't have to, we chose to sell everything and get out of there within a month. And now we're here. And <laughs> just almost overnight. huh? Just yeah, that's quick. what it feels like. It's been a big, um, 
a big process, but a big relief finally getting here. Do, do you feel like the transition um, on your kids hasn't been like a total shock because of the way you've been able to parent? Um, yeah. So I, I think you said, um, because I was just getting a glass of water, like has the tradition, uh, has the transition been easier on them because they've been home with me, with me and right. the way we parent? Yeah. Absolutely. They haven't, um, mentioned like going home at all. Um, what happened when we found out was I was, uh, it's a, it, my mom's really sick. So, I was like very distraught and my husband um, works for a wonderful company that offers uh, 30 days paid leave if um, there's a something with the family. And that doesn't apply to his mother-in-law, but I had a wonderful doctor that said that I had reactive depression and that Uh I needed somebody there for me, especially with the children. So as soon as we found that out, my husband has been home with us. So through that whole process, he's been home and we've all been together. And so I and we're we're sharing a bed now. And I think that that's really made the transition easier because it's always been about the family. The four of us is above anything else. Um, our relationships to each other. And uh, that's the, the foundation, of course, like the whole world is a is a very important place for them to experience and become socialized and all of that. Um, and they are because I'm a social person and they're with me all the time. And um, you've seen from my Instagram how much of an effort we make, uh, how much about the kids our lives are. Right. So, um, but we didn't have to change who we are. So that's cool. We just like welcome them in and we've got these little like buddies that are on with us and we're still smoking pot and, you know, being ourselves. So it does not such a big transition for us. But I think with the kids with moving, having their dad there, having me there, they they don't have um, separation issues. Uh, if we leave them to go somewhere, they're cool, uh, you know, for 90 percent of it. Sometimes everybody gets in a mood, but right. they're not they I don't see the same fear or um you know, abandonment things that I've seen with, with uh, other children, you know, and, and I absolutely do not want to, everybody's making their own decisions and what's best and everybody's different. But I just know for myself, looking at the kids there, I do think, and that's something we have talked about, like how, um, how well they've transitioned here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's cool about looking in on your, your Instagram story is you can really see that bond that the four of mm-hmm. you have. And so when you're watching in, in those stories, you kind of get to like tag along with your family as the fifth wheel, you know, and you kind of yeah. for, for, for those 10 seconds or seven seconds or however long that little story lasts, you mm-hmm. actually feel like you're part of that bond. And, and, and like, you can feel how special it is because like you're looking in it at 10 second clips just to, you know, get a fix of it. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's um, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful world, and um, I think we're very inundated nowadays with the negative, and this um, pressure to conform and all of that, and you know, by by using plant medicines and plant teachers and guides, like we've we're able to circumvent a lot of um, issues that did arise naturally, um, issues of control and things like that when it came to the children. Because the standard narrative is to like, I've got to mold these people 
And then we were like, oh, my God, they're fully formed, capable people. They just need like, you know, a little heads up now and then like, hey, take your shoes off or, you know. Right. Um, And they so we did that, you know, like I did that at first. I didn't know. And I saw how how that failed, like trying to control them. So like everybody's happy and relaxed for the most part here because everybody's doing their own thing. You know, they get to, if we're inside, they get to play on their iPads as much as they want. They get to do whatever they want and um, they get to eat when they want. I don't, they're boys. I don't sit and bitch at them about sitting at the table and stuff. I just trust them that they're going to figure it out. And I do the same thing with my husband and he does the same thing to me. We're really, really like, I guess our core value would be like, not controlling each other right? That's um, cool. and just letting, you know, letting each person grow and develop on their own. And I guess I kind of learned that from my husband um, because he, I, I did, I did feel like where I came from that uh, I had to be a certain way. And I kind of let that go with him because I saw I had to compare to German uh, and what their way was. And, um, the big thing with him was uh, seven years ago, I stopped drinking alcohol and he had like, and I was a binge drinker and he had never like put pressure on me to stop that. And so that really showed me like to not control people and they'll figure it out if you just provide them with like love, safe space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So. Yeah, I'm really blessed to have like a partner that's really on board, um, like with my uh, or with our values, and um, because we we've had we haven't had an easy time with family in that sense because they don't get it. They don't have an opinion. Yeah, and (laughs) they're very they're very much um, the standard narrative, which is cool if that works for them. Um, but it doesn't work for us. And then that somehow can, um, seem a little bit threatening. Maybe, I don't know. I try not to put my feelings onto other people, but it, I don't get it personally. Cause I don't care what other people do with their kids as long as they're being nice. Yeah. Right. As long as, and as long as their kids aren't, uh, disrespecting your kids or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, was your husband, do, do you think he kind of, or maybe you both were, and this is what the attraction was. Did he come from a family that was strict, and and was, yeah. was did you have to fight him on this for a minute, at first, yes. or was he always along? No, no. Um, he was from a family that was very much um, like he he has two teachers as parents, and they're absolutely wonderful people. Um, but they think they Benji always says that they they spent their whole careers, their whole lives, like telling younger people how to like what to do and what's up and stuff and you know how much education has changed and over the years but they're very um set in those ways so it's uh even even now it's hard for them to see him being alternative and uh you know benji's pretty open so i don't mind i don't think you'd mind me sharing this like he was on ritalin when he was six years old and that was uh that was that's been a challenge we've been like working through all these things so i think for him he absolutely knew what the like what kind of issues can arise from overly controlling um parents and uh and then i started reading books on it um 
parenting for social change. I, I can't remember the woman's name, but that's awesome. And then, uh, 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 unconditional parenting by Alfie Cohen and those two books, um, like he can hear it from me enough, but to read it and that same thing applies to me. He can tell me shit over and over, but if I read it, it's a little bit different. And Alfie Cohen especially just had a way of uh, presenting ideas that was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So he, it didn't come naturally to us. And um, we didn't, we were, when we became parents, we were a totally different like headspace. And, um, but he's open to those ideas and we've definitely learned uh, a lot from each other. He, it's so great when he makes the cameos in your stories. He's so, he's so charming and funny. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious, and he's and it seems like he's participating more. So it's it's cool. There's more. I uh... know. Well, he, he I tell him the positive feedback, and then he's like, "Oh, okay." You know, he, it's fun for him too, and it's you know, it's nothing like obviously it's nothing staged and stuff, and right. You know, uh, he we just laugh a lot. Like we are really. I think that's the the biggest thing he makes me laugh so much um i make him laugh too and uh and yeah so he's he's more down for it now and i'm glad <laughs> and he was really excited that you wanted to talk to me oh cool cool yeah okay so he had to come along but what mm-hmm. about you did you was this was this was it was it when you had children that this clicked or were you raised kind of a little more openly I was raised more openly. Um, my mom has always been like um, the most unconditional love kind of person. And uh, without her in my life, like I don't think I'd be anything close to as free as I am without shame and without baggage. Um, you know, and that's what makes this time of her being ill such so difficult because she did that for me and she did that for our oldest son who um needed like extra understanding and things like that and she always just um just appreciated him for exactly who he was even though he was a little it is a little different you know so that's a challenge with her being sick because i'm like this this is the um the goddess, the, the matron, the, like just this beautiful soul in our lives. And I just can't, I can't lose her because she's it. So, um, but my dad was more of the type of, um, like, you know, strict and, um, he was working. Uh, so that kind of made it that my mom had a little bit more of an impact on me. Right. Yeah. So, but I know that type and, um, I'm a, I, I think probably because of that, I have, I don't like being somebody telling me to do something. Like usually I notice that about myself, even if it's the right thing to do, I'm immediately like, fuck that. Like no right, way. Right, <laughs> and, right. and I like, I like with the mushrooms and stuff like that, it question it t- forces you to like take a step back and, and observe yourself. And I'm like, Oh, that's not very helpful. <laughs> Sometimes people have like, you know, really good advice for you. Right. So I'm working on that, but, uh, yeah, that's just, you know, 
I, I see that. And that's why I'm so like, like with our beliefs, with the homeschooling or our plan to do that, that's only until those kids say like, I want to go to school. And then it's like, sure, you know, like right. I want to enable them to do what's best for them. I just have to look and see, okay, as of now, um, I don't think that would be the right fit for you. Because our, our Jake, he's, um, he just turned four and he's reading and doing math and like counting to a trillion and things like that, you know, not by ones, he goes by ones and then by tens and then by hundreds. But this is something that we do, you know, he's like a very, um, very intelligent, uh, fact oriented child. And so now with four, his social blooming is just coming out. But we always trusted him that that's that's online with his uh, his journey. And we never like uh, we had family members push us like, oh, a diagnosis of something that he's he's different. He's odd, you know, Um, but he wasn't. He was just uh, he's an observer. And he is very safe in his family and very open and loving and things like that. He can tell if he's being judged and he's not so uh, hot on that. Right. So, right. you know, but that's been the best journey. It's it's funny, this push to conformity by people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I just it doesn't make any sense. It's everybody. We're all raised to believe we're individuals. Mm-hmm. But everybody wants you to conform to the group you know yes exactly exactly it makes for this confusing you know like you're an individual but be the same yeah 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 totally and you know there's such fear um and uh that like i see that like that's i'm sure that's a big thing that caused my in-laws to make the decision to put a six-year-old on mind-altering uh, drugs. Right. Um, and I just, and I experienced a little bit of that fear myself, you know, uh, but I did a lot of meditation and a lot of, um, like mushroom walks, we call them where Benji takes the kids and I take some mushrooms and go out and (laughs) then we switch. And, um, you know, that's helped us so much because I had to like question myself and, and say, you know, uh, I know this child and I know that who he is and, and how he's progressed and, and what a bright light and fun running happy child he is. And no one can tell me because his path is different that he needs, you know, um, nothing or more than the support of his family. Um, so, and that's turned out to be true. And I'm very grateful that I followed my gut there. Because I think it can be very damaging um, for, I know my husband felt very broken at a young age. And that's, that's, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. But the the cool thing is, as humans, we're able to heal, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and uh, do you, are you cool talking about plant medicine a little bit? Oh, of course. Yeah. Hell yeah. So I, I've re- I've re- just recently um, like all the stuff you're talking about is really weird to me. There's weird weird connections because like mm-hmm. we'll have to have a whole other conversation offline sometime um, with Holly about Bavaria. But it's mm-hmm. that's like such a that just even just that word um, is a huge synchronicity. And then just recently I have 
you, you know, I've always just kind of waited for mushrooms to come into my life. I never really looked for them. I always mm -hmm. figured the universe will provide them when it's time. And I recently the universe has been providing. Uh-huh. And it's been really helpful in rewiring my brain yeah. away from especially alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's huge for me. And so I, yeah, I just want to talk to you about maybe about like how, how mushrooms have helped you heal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, especially with the alcohol, that's something I've always contributed um, majorly to that. And the way that I experienced it was um, not immediate. I, because I've been um, away from alcohol for seven years, when I was doing the mushrooms, it was definitely recreational partying, my husband and I going to Amsterdam and, and stuff like that before children. And I was, I didn't immediately make the connection to the mushrooms. It was like years later, like, ah, okay. Because I deliver, I got that message, um, through dreams and through like after effects of, you know, what you're doing hurts him. Like you wake up in the morning and you look over at somebody that you think is just a perfect being, obviously not, but you know, in my eyes, like just pure of heart and uh and you've hurt them with your words and your actions and I always hated when people said like oh alcohol brings out the truth because it can but it can also bring out shit that like has nothing to do with how you feel about somebody but some maybe oh maybe some truth in how you feel about yourself right there you go um there you but go. Yeah, you know, that's the other cool thing about mushrooms is I find myself like any beliefs that I've had, I'm I'm like, well, what do I stand that on? No, that could be partly true. Um, yeah, but it brings out something that like uh, was really destructive. And seeing that, I think that I think that's what with the big fear is, is that mushrooms make us all human. And no matter what our behaviors are or our situations like it, it makes you connect to people and um i think it was ramdas that said like what a burden that can be uh to 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 know that kind of love and um awareness and then to still have to function in a society that is so um not everybody can see that you know right um so uh with alcohol that really sh like was a huge light on that. And I think that that really helped me. And that makes me very happy for you. Um, because my husband drinks, I don't have an issue with alcohol. Um, but he has a totally different relation to it growing up in Bavaria than I did growing up in New York with, um, the prohibition till you're 21. Right. It was when I started drinking at 14, it was always like drink as much as you can, because who knows when the next, uh, bottle will be there right uh always a rush to get it in as fast as possible so extremely unhealthy where he uh having the experience of being able to buy beer in a supermarket at 16 um legally he will have like a beer or two and then he'll like be silly and go to sleep but he just i've seen him drunk a handful of times and those are really fun for me to remember, especially <laughs> the times like when I was sober. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I think, you know, alcohol is a very dangerous drug. I, I always trip out on 
um, when somebody's like, oh, mushrooms, you'll get addicted. And uh, anybody that's done mushrooms is like, oh, no, you won't. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Like we had truffles at our house. And after I found this out with my mom, I was just like, no, I'm really good. You you take them, honey, and go for a walk. Like (laughs) I just need to, you know, I've been I've been going for walks. I'm good for now. And Mm -hmm. that's totally not my personality. My personality is very much like uh, hedonistic. If it feels good, like have as much as you can. Even more, yeah. 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 So what has been your experience with them, with the mushrooms and then the alcohol? Well, the alcohol for me got bad about a year ago when I started doing Open Lines Radio. Mm-hmm. Because I was putting out so much content. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting outside at night. I had, we were in this little, it used to be, we, we've since moved, so I don't have it anymore, but we had this little outdoor hut thing mm-hmm. that, I could, that I'd have my computer sitting out there and we would do this Open Lines Radio. And, and a lot of what Open Lines Radio is, is other people sending me their content that I'm just putting out. Mm-hmm. So I would just sit there and I'd listen to it and I'd smoke a joint or three you mm-hmm. know, and, and drink <laughs> and drink whiskey mm-hmm. and yeah. while, while listening to these podcasts and and then it got to a point where it was like i couldn't even even listen to it unless i was drinking you know what i mean like that just became part of it i couldn't i couldn't do any of it unless i was drinking and so it never really it never affected like my day-to-day quote-unquote like work life because it was Mm -hmm. always at night and um you know it, it would affect it as far as like i'd be hung over the next day yeah but I would ne- I never drank before like seven p.m. You know, so I mm-hmm, felt mm-hmm. like I was okay. I'm not an alcoholic if I'm not drinking in the day. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. And it just gets to a point where you look in the mirror and you're just this bloated mm-hmm. freak with high blood pressure. You know? Yeah, it's just so that's the that's the thing is it's so hard on the body. Like it, like yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard on the body. And if it was just like, oh, I don't feel so good, but it's like that's a symptom of like the the poisoning. Not to be dramatic, but you know what I mean. No, it is, and and that's what I and and that's what the mushrooms did. The yeah. mushrooms opened up this thing in my brain where it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you like what you're doing to your body forever for like yeah. two three hours of you know, escape at night. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, like the whole, like 20, I'm going 21 hours of like just pain and, and tired until mm-hmm. for those three hours of pleasure. And so, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so, but it, it was almost instant. It was like, I didn't ever, I didn't, I just, the cravings just stopped, you know, I yes. ate yeah. mushrooms for three days and I'm like the, the mushroom cravings gone and the alcohol cravings gone. Oh my God. That's <laughs> so know? cool. It's so cool. But that I always found mushrooms so fascinating that like um you know I heard on Rogan like that they're they're spores and they survive in space and you know we're so like looking always looking for the other and the alien and it's like it's all here you know like that's just so wild and um the teachings you know it's just incredible and what it does to a to a person how it breaks down this need for um co- competition of of having things and and uh you know working and stuff that's a whole different thing that um like our values have, have so drastically s- switched and um 
uh, that's yeah, this like lazy hippie thing. It's like, <laughs> oh man, my dad actually told me to conform when we got over here, which is funny because he was like, you know, in the seventies with hair down to yeah. his ass and stuff, and you know. But I think, I think that probably stems from like, hey, I had to fucking do it. Now you do it. Right. And, uh, I've always been like, no, dad. No. Just because you sold out dad doesn't yeah. mean I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, get, get, just to finish up real quick, like, I'm not, it's not, it hasn't been perfect. Like, I haven't just stopped. Like, I'll make it a week and then I'll mm-hmm. drink mm-hmm. And, then I'll, and I'll just feel terrible. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go, you, you know, so it's been this progression, but it's, ha- it's yeah. not every night, you know what I mean? And when I yeah, do, yeah. it's like, it's like, ugh, like, why did I do that? It's just, yeah. it's just the more of the, the physical it's it's just the kind of the habit of drinking more than the actual feeling that drinking brings mm-hmm. so that's what yeah, that's what they've I done mean, for me yeah and and it's so cool i mean my we both we have an issue with weed like we're not um we're definitely not like above any kind of like addictive things yet you know and and the mushrooms you have to you have to re up on that shit i feel like um, my husband's used them for a lot of uh, depression stuff, and and that's helped him so much. Uh, but there's times where I'm like, hey, like it's time to do them again. Like you're you're steering back into those old patterns. So I think you know it's uh it's cool because they're there, and like you said, they find you at the right time. Like we're not looking for them uh, either right now, but. Uh, you know, we had to, we had to check ourselves with the weed because we got over here and Bavaria is different. And then we're like, oh my God, it's, <laughs> it's a paradise. Yeah. So well, in California. Um, I know. Well, we're uh... planning our next adventure. <laughs> oh, should I save that for our next episode? What our plans are after New York? Cause we'll be coming to see you. All right. Yeah. Right we're going to hit the road. So sh- more good Instagram adventures coming. Cool. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. But yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying with weed too. I mean, they say it's non-addictive, but everything's addictive, you know, like yes. even Tylenol is addictive, you know? Yeah, so. totally. Food, all of that, like, you know, with the food, like that's a, another thing we could talk about in the future because that's a whole nother story of, um, uh, getting off of, of things like sugar and shit and just feeling different physiologically, thinking different. And um, that helps tremendously. That's helped diet yeah, you, for me. You cook with a lot of, or maybe all fresh stuff. Yeah. And it's all just beautiful colors. Yeah, I try to do that. You know, like I thought a little bit more on like presentation because I've been cooking for so many years before the diet stuff uh ever came into play that was after i had kids because i had really bad um pms like just awful so i uh read a book by kelly brogan called how to change your mind another recommendation she was on the rogan podcast and uh i cut out sugar and gluten and dairy for the most part and i just feel so much better um just completely better and uh so i had to figure out though with loving cooking how to make everything because sugar is in fucking everything so i'm making my own mayonnaise and um all this stuff that i want to you know eat so i've been writing down my recipes because um 
my husband told me like the difference between a cook and a chef is like a cook follows recipes and a chef like creates their own stuff. And I'm like, Hmm, I guess I'm a chef now. No, <laughs> it feels weird. Cause these are like, I never studied anything, you know? Uh, okay. No, let me rephrase that. I went to community college, but everything that like I've learned has been self-taught for the most part. Um, besides those basics in school. <clears throat> so, yeah. Well, there's that, there's those social there's those social constructs coming into play again. You don't I know, have right? to go to school or put in hours in a in a restaurant to be a chef. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. But that's uh, like, yeah. I mean, that's also very Bavarian. Like, I couldn't get any job there. Like, if you want to be a baker, you have to do a uh, um, an, not an internship, but apprenticeship oh, wow. and things like that. So for everything, so. Yeah, that's a very interesting place, and I could go on, but um, yeah, so cooking, uh, I had to get creative with that, and um, I do plan to like put some stuff out there because there's a lot of people that um, that want to eat like without those things or need to for whatever reason, and just more resources are better, more ideas there. Yeah, yeah. How was how was getting over sugar for you? Was it was it as hard as alcohol? Because I think that's I think I have would have I'm having an easier time giving up alcohol than sugar. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm fucking stubborn. So <laughs> when I decide something, then it's done. Like if I've ended or like if a relationship has ended, and it was my decision. <laughs> <laughs> then it's done, you know, um, and that takes a long time, but for me to get to that place, but I never, um, with alcohol when like I, I tried to stop and tried to stop and, and stuff. But when that door really closed for me, it was done and it was behind me. Um, and I think the same thing with sugar, like we have, we have, but we have it. That's the other thing is that I don't, um, it's not like completely taboo to me. Um, I just, I don't cook with it personally. So like when we'd come to New York, Benji and I would both blow up with eating like Doritos and all the stuff <laughs> that we couldn't get in Germany. That's the other thing is we didn't have the, all these amazing uh, options that America has. So that also was like a learning curve of being back here, but we've got we've got it under control now, (laughs) but it's not easy being in America. So I do understand where you're coming from because, um, there's so much good stuff and there's so much marketing for that. It's so easy to grab. Yeah. It's everywhere too. Like I'm really proud of my kids because, um, they're not like going nuts in the store, but we, we do give them stuff, you know? So they don't really have to fight for shit. You know, like, um, but I do limit it. And I personally didn't have such a hard time because for me, um, like stopping alcohol and then cutting out sugar, like I really don't have to monitor my weight. And as a woman that like wants to be sexually viable and attractive, um, like that's a real big motivation. So right. that for me is like, and I feel good and energy and all that shit's great too, but looking good, come on, you really want to look right. good. Right, <laughs> no, right, right. Well, well, and that's the big thing with alcohol for me too. I look in the mirror and I go, oh, I don't even recognize myself. So yeah. Now we got to change, like it's, it's, 
I, I would love to say it's about my health, but it's all about the way I look in the mirror. Well, it's all, it's, you know, and that's the thing is there's no shame in that. Like you see health on people and it doesn't mean that, um, uh, that like, you know, like physical features, are, like, I feel like that's not really that important when you can see somebody's like healthy, that glow like shines from them. And then that's very attractive. Um, that's an attractive energy. That's a even smell, you know, like I don't wear deodorant and um, I can tell if I eat something that's not in line with my body because I smell different. Right. Um, so an alcohol, I swear, is I stopped drinking and I dropped weight like with no effort and without changing my diet. Just that was a huge one. I think that's a big one that keeps people like in this cycle of not mm-hmm. being able to to get down to like their ideal weight is the alcohol is just so much. And I couldn't sit there and drink like a two liter thing of fucking soda, but I could definitely put away a two liter thing of beer back in my day, you know? So you're drinking on a totally different thing. And then I drink a ton of water, which has been like the newest um, thing game changer for me. I'm like the fountain of youth. It's all there. The fountain. What goes well, in a fountain? Sense. Water. Yeah. So it's not as complicated as like, you know, well, what is this mystery? Just drink water. All the water. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But It's hard. It's hard. It doesn't have flavor. I know. <laughs> Put some lemon. Put some herbs. Put some flowers. Put grass in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm very curious to see like uh, wh- what happens with you. And remember, it doesn't have to be um, all or nothing. Like that's what people get hung up and 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 fuck themselves up on too. Is like, well, I want to have pizza again, and or I want to have this. Like you should have those things. You just can't live on those things, right, or yeah. you're gonna feel like shit. Yeah, that's the sad reality. Exactly. But this has been awesome. Yeah. This is exactly, you know, sometimes I talk to people and I have no idea what it's going to be like, but this is pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be like. Good. <laughs> I and feel I like I know I you so I so know. well already. I know. I feel like that too, though, because you and Holly share so much and you're just like, you know, whenever I talk about you, I talk about your smile and how that like just radiates through the screen. And it's incredible that we can like um, feel that, you know? Yeah. 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 I, just, I feel like we're family. It's it's. It's, I can't. I'm. I'm looking forward to meeting you someday. Yeah, me person. too. Me too. I want a big hug from both of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you? Uh, is there? Is there anything that we didn't cover that uh, you want to say to the people listening? Just like if you're cool and you want to follow my Instagram and see what it's all about, I'd love that because hopefully you were parlaying it into a little bit more of a public thing eventually. When we get the time, Benji edits videos and stuff like that. So we're kicking around the idea of a YouTube. I just have to get, I'm, I'm using my Instagram to get more comfortable on camera, but that's, that does work. So it's perfect. Um, I love the yeah. little, the little, just like little snippets into your life. Yeah. So follow me, uh, Maggie Kazooie at Instagram. Um, and yeah, I'm so happy. Yeah, we always go. I always go, I was, the Kazooies are coming to America. Yeah, 
know. <laughs> the Kazooie's posted again. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a fun adventure. I realize that too. You know, like we we had a really cool time there. Yeah. Now we're in New York, and you know, the next step is to to hit the road and to like the Kazooie's do America. You know, <laughs> RVing because we have friends everywhere, all over the country, and we want to see everybody. Yeah, that's gonna so, be awesome. Yeah, we'll be out to California. <laughs> Well, thanks so much. You're welcome. This was so cool. Anytime. When my rambling days are over And my gambling days are through When my rambling days are over And my gambling days are through If you tell me that you love me I'll be coming back to you 